Have y'all had a great time? Yeah. I had a great time this morning. You know, I could, this is what makes me happy sometimes, you guys. I just need y'all to know that. So the men will know this. When I hear men voices, I just get ecstatic about that. And this morning I could hear men voices. And I was like, thank you, Lord. Don't y'all, come on, women. We get ecstatic when we hear the man's voices. In the house of the Lord, they could be any other place. But to have men, see, if you get the man to stand, come on. Then then, then you got the women standing. Then you got the family standing. Then you got the nation standing. Come on. And so I'm just so glad as I was listening, I said, oh, God, I hear the men's voice in the house of the Lord this morning. You guys, let your voices ring out. Hallelujah. Let it be powerful, men. Amen. It's a wonderful thing to hear men in the house of the Lord singing for the Lord. Amen. Amen. And you guys might say, what's so great about that? In most churches, there's a lot of women. And we know we're going to sing. But in a lot of churches, there's not a lot of men. Come on. That are making that declaration, I'll live for the Lord. I'll stand. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And when you hear men's voices, whoo. That makes me excited. Amen. Amen. So I'm so glad for every single brother that's up in the house today. Thanking God for you being here. And thanking God for our sisters. As we stand and love on Jesus this morning. Because he's been good. I said he's been good. Yeah, so good. So So very good. good. Amen. This just this week, God has been so very good in keeping us. So right now, we're just going to bow our heads and say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. God, we could ask for so many things, but we choose right now instead to just say thank you. Because you've already done so much, oh, God. God, if you never, ever done another thing, God, the fact that you would love us so much that you would carry our sins to the cross. Oh, God, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough, God. And we thank you right now that you carried our sins away. Father, somebody this morning may be carrying the burden, the guilt, the shame of sin, God. But this morning, may they come to know that, God, you have carried their sins away. That you died so that sin would not have any more dominion over their life. And God, we just praise you. We just praise you that we are no longer slaves to sin. Oh God, that we have a warrior that's fighting on our behalf, oh God. We have an advocate that goes before us and God. Oh God, we're so thankful, God, that we're safe in your arms, oh God. And God, we ask right now that the joy of the Lord be our strength, oh God. That when we begin to think of the goodness of Jesus and all that you've done for us, that our souls would just cry out, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, God, for saving me, God. Thank you, God, for changing me. And most of all, thank you, God, for keeping me. Oh, God, we ask today, God, that you would have your way in this place. Those that may be sick in the body, sick in the mind, sick in the spirit. Wherever sickness is, God, you are a healer. Heal. Save. To the utmost. Save, God. From the guttermost to the utmost. Jesus saves. And we believe in you. And we love you today, Jesus. We love you and thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. amen. amen.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you for our praise and worship team this morning. Truly, you have led us to the throne of grace. And we're so glad, so glad for everyone. Is there any first-time guests here this morning? You can just wave your hand so I don't have to point you out. <laughs> glad to have you here this morning. Amen. So glad that you came by to visit us this morning. We believe that no one's here by just happenstance or coincidence. We believe God led you here this morning. And we don't know everything that you need, but we know our God does. And so we pray that for your every need to be met, for your every concern to be addressed, for you to find that God would be the solution. He is the answer for the world today. And so we just thank God for each one of you. You guys, they've had their hands up. Let's put their hands. Some of y'all shook their hands. But let's send some people over and shake their hands this morning. Put your hands up again. And over here we have this young lady right here. Right. Oh, and right back there. I didn't see you. Amen. So glad to have you here this morning. Each one of you, thank God for you being here. We want to invite you back anytime to come and just worship and fellowship with us every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. 10, 10, did I say the wrong time? 10.30 or 10 o'clock? 10.30. You can come at 10 o'clock and get in some prayer time, okay? But uh, we on our Wednesday Bible study, we're inviting you back on Wednesdays too. So at 6.30, we're about to change that time, so you'll hear more about that, all right? So, But we're so glad that you're here this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Turn to somebody and just say, glad to see you here. Glad Glad to to see see you here here. again. Glad to see you here. Amen. That you made a return trip. We're so glad about that. This morning, we're getting ready to go into the Word of God. And the Word of God is so important to our life. I don't know, for me this this week has been just chewing on the Word of God and just going back into the Word of God and shoring up some things and looking at some things. You guys, when you get, just remember this, every time you come, God's got a word that's just, it's your word. And don't just hear it in the ear and don't take it to the heart. And don't take your eyes back to the Bible and your pencil to a page because Bible lets us know if we hide the word in our heart. So it let me know that if it's telling me to hide it, that somebody's coming to steal it. And that's what we got to remember it. Remember that God is saying, hide the word in your heart so that you might not sin against me. So that means to hide it, I've got to do everything I can because I keep telling you, I could get an awesome word from the Lord, and all of a sudden I can walk in the next room, and I did not write that word down. And the next thing, I was, was man, I know that was you, God. That was so good. And then I get to doing the dishes or something, and then I said, oh, I should have wrote it down. By the time I go to write it down, I was like, what was that? Because that that's serious. It sounds funny like um, I got a memory loss, but I have a warfare on the coming against the word of Come God. On. And you guys got to remember that. There's a warfare coming to steal the very word that God's trying to plant in you. And so you do everything. I repeat it. I read it. I write it. I say it. I go back and I go back because I want it in my heart so that I won't sin against God. And so I pray this morning as we get ready for our word, our dear Apostle Jenkins, amen, as we call him up, let's get our hearts ready. Um, Robert said something this morning. I never heard it like that. Y- y'all might have heard it, and I wasn't here. 
But are we soil? That's my message. Are we dirt? Okay. <laughs> I got you now. Okay. Oh, uh, he said that's his message. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it hit me. You guys, the word are like a seed can only grow in good soil. What's the condition of your soil this morning? And I pray right now in the name of Jesus that wherever it's all rocky and weedy and thorny, that before we even begin to hear the word of God, that God is doing something to our soil in the name of Jesus. He's breaking up the fallow ground in the name of Jesus. He's removing the stony places in the name of Jesus. Uprooting weeds in the name of Jesus. So that we can hear and hear and hear. Because why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of the Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that over our congregation this morning. That we would hear what thus saith the Lord. And that we would grow thereby in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. While you're standing, let's pray. Amen. That the Lord will have his way in this word this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you right now that you've given us another day, Lord. And we had the mind to enter into the house of worship. Lord, and we thank you, God, that we can lift up our voices, Lord, and lift up your name. Because you're worthy to be praised, Lord. Now, we pray, God, that you would prepare our hearts, as it's been said, to, to receive your word. Lord, to let it, let it marinate in our spirit, God. And, Lord, that it would bring forth good fruit. Lord, it would bring change where change is needed, Lord adjustments and shifts lord for the good lord that our living would be magnifying your name god we thank you because without you lord we can do nothing that really matters into eternity but by your grace and by your mercy lord we can do all things lord and you get the glory out of our lives so we ask you to have your way this morning move me out of the way lord humble me god and speak according to your will lord to your people lord and we are your people we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Be seated. Oh, my goodness. The greetings in the name of Jesus. Always good to be in the kingdom of God. Amen. We'll go ahead and release the children to their classes. Amen. But it's always good to be in the house of God. Amen. With the saints of God. No matter what the week brings, it's always good to make it back to church. Amen. And to be able to. Just greet one another and worship together and receive his word, amen, as he speaks to our hearts and our minds, amen. So we thank the Lord. You know, this message this morning has been kind of working in my spirit for about the last three weeks, you know. So I'm like, okay, time to deliver this thing, amen. And it's kind of been, you know, laid out a little bit already. But I think about how good God is to us. In spite of us, amen, and in light of the last Sunday's message, amen, this, this, um, this message kind of connects in, in an interesting way, amen, because when you think about no matter what we do, amen, no matter how we do it, amen, because we talked about what, right? right, amen, but see, there's some things in, even in that that we got to stop and, and look at and say, okay, as we look at this thing on what, Amen. Yeah, how many of us ever planted anything? Put a seed in the ground. I remember, you know, 
you know, in grade school, they give you a little cup, put the little dirt in there, and you stick the, and you, everybody put their little thing in the window. Yeah. And wait, they're still doing that stuff? Yeah. Hasn't changed, right? Yeah. See, but you're waiting. You're, you're in a hurry. You want to see it grow. But how it grows depends on the type of ground that you're dealing with. Right. Amen. How it grows depends on the type of ground that you're dealing with. Amen. And we got to stop and, and think, you know, that ground is ground, dirt is dirt. But this morning we're going, I'm speaking from the topic, good ground, soil versus dirt. Amen. Soil versus dirt. Amen. Because all dirt ain't the same. All ground ain't the same. Amen. You know, so we're going we're gonna to kind of dig into this and see how it relates to us, amen, because it, it's so important when we think about, you know, you can't expect the same kind of fruit from every different kind of ground, right? Because some, some, some fruit ain't going to grow in certain conditions and, and others, amen, ain't going to grow at all. You know, so as we, as we begin to look into it and understand, it's important to understand that even, it's so important to understand the soil, even Jesus taught about it. Amen. And we, in the book of Matthew, amen, the 13th chapter, he began to deal with it. You know, and I was looking at the, the, the um, his teaching as he was teaching them, and it kind of just dawned on me, you know, how that the disciples, they followed him for roughly three, three and a half years. Man, and I, you know, I looked at that. They got a lot of teaching. Amen. In, the, in that time frame, and, and it prepared them for what was to come. Because once he left, they had to continue the teaching. And, and we see their continuance throughout the book of Acts. And then the letters that they wrote through the epistles all the way down through Revelation. So they had to get something on board. So all that time that he, they were walking with Jesus, he was planting seed in them. He was planting the word in them. He was planting something, amen, that would bring and produce all the way unto us today. So I think he, he found some good soil in the midst of those men that were following him. And as they passed it down, somebody's finding good soil to plant and sow into. So the word of God, not, you know, falling by the wayside, but that it can be not just heard, not just read, but lived out. And this is what God is looking for us to do. But in the book of Matthew, let's look at the 13th chapter, starting at verse number one. It said, the same day when Jesus went, Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside and great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat. And while the multitude stood on the shore, he spake these things unto them in parables, saying, behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. Say it with me, by the wayside. And the fowls came and devoured them up, and some fell upon stony places. Let's say it again. Stony places. All right. Where they had not much earth, and forthwith, which means quickly, they sprung up because they had no depth of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. Where's that? 
among thorns. Amen. And the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other, don't you want to be one of the other? It means they, but other fell onto good ground and forth, I mean, brought forth fruit, some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. This is a familiar story to many of us. Amen. And thinking about the sowing of the seed and the different types of soil or the different types of ground that it fell on. Amen. But as I begin to look at this story, you know, I begin to think, okay, well, how does that really apply to you and me? And, and how, does, how does that really work? Because, you know, we all heard this story before. Not all, but you know, I think we've heard this story before. But when it comes to this saying, again, good ground. Everybody say good ground. Good ground. Good ground. Amen. Yeah, don't no one want no bad ground in there, right? Amen. Don't, you don't, you don't want to be considered bad ground, right? And we all want to, we, we consider ourselves and we like to think of ourselves as good ground, amen. So whatever's sown into us, amen, is going to produce, it's going to come forth, it's going to spring forth, amen. But surely there's a difference between the types of soil and dirt, amen. And the reality is we all started off as pretty obvious amen we all started off as that dirt amen and we're gonna we're gonna look at that in a minute amen but because of god's goodness he figured to decided to do something with that dirt amen and i thank god amen because truly when we when we think about it you know we got to pay close attention you know when we look at in, in verse number nine and i want to read that verse again because this is what Jesus is telling them. When he told them this parable, in verse 9, he said, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, he's saying, really pay attention to this part because it's important. You know how the teacher sometimes, they'll raise their finger, pay attention. You know, they come in, they say, okay, I really want you to hear this. Several times through Scripture, he says, verily, verily, or truly, truly means really listen to this and see, so he's letting them know this is something that we need to hear, we need to consider, amen, because although all dirt might look the same, it ain't the same. Right. You know, it may appear to be good soil, but not necessarily is it good. There's some differences, amen, that we can't see with the naked eye, amen, in different types of soil, amen, and sometimes we, we use the word soil and the word dirt interchangeably as though they're the same but they're actually two different things and as we look at it so what is dirt and i'm just going to read this this definition of dirt to us amen just to give us an understanding dirt is made up of a mix of organic matter although it is actually dead just tell somebody next to you dirt is dead dirt's dead okay and that matter includes sand, clay, silt, rocks, pebbles, and more. However, the dirt does not contain any of the materials or nutrients from, from a soil mix. So there's no soil in dirt. <laughs> all right? I know y'all saying, what? This don't make no sense. It's all dirt, right? 
But listen, you're going you're gonna to get an understanding here. Because as I looked at this, that's why it's been just brewing in my spirit. Amen. But it says, you know, it may closely resemble, resemble dirt, but it, it has no living or working ecosystem. See, see, when we look at dirt, we don't think about an ecosystem in dirt. It just seems like it's just nothing. Man, it says dirt does not have a set structure, which is why it doesn't become compact when moistened, moisture is added. Due to the fact that it is dead and devoid of nutrients, it can't support or nurture growth of life either, like plants, you know, it can't support anything. You can put all the seeds you want in dirt, and they won't grow. They won't do anything because they, you know, the seed puts a demand on the dirt because the seed has what it needs to grow, but it needs to be nourished. And the nutrition comes from the soil that it needs to be in. But dirt has no nutrition, so therefore the seed will die. Even though you water it, water it, water it, eventually it's going to die because it does not have, just like you and I, we don't have the nutrients within ourselves to live. That's why we must eat, drink, and breathe in order to keep us alive. We need something external, amen, to continue to survive internally. Now, when we look at soil, on the other hand... Comparatively, the soil is alive. When dirt is dead, I mean, where dirt is dead and devoid of a living ecosystem, soil is full of living organisms that help plants thrive. Soil is created when mountain stones and bedrock and are, are broken down by the wind and rain over centuries and within from plants and animals, so as plants, animals, and all these things die, you know, in the fall, and the leaves fall, and all those, and they decay. All the nutrients from those dead animals and bugs and people and, yeah, I said it. All that goes into the soil. And in the soil, there's several levels of ecosystems to down to, you know, Critters that we can't even see without a microscope. But they're living in that soil. Worms, you don't find worms in dirt. You find worms where? In some nice soil because they too, amen, need that to live. So when you think about dirt, dirt is dead. But when you think about soil, soil needs something to live. Soil needs air. It needs water. And it needs food. And it eats those things that break down and decay, and all the nutrients from those things are mixed in the soil. So when you now when you put your seed in the ground, and the seed puts a demand on the soil, the soil can respond because the soil is living, and it can feed that seed, and that seed can grow. But if you stop feeding the soil, it's not going to continue to be able to nourish the things that are planted in it. So how does all that apply to you and me? It's real simple. We have got to continue to have the word of God. We continue, have to continue to feed our spirit man so it can grow. Because if it becomes devoid of the word and devoid of truth, amen, it too can die. And once it dies, amen, there is no 
life that can come from it. So therefore, we need to get to that place again. Soil, amen, is a living organism. And oftentimes we walk on it, we do all this stuff with it, but it needs to be alive. You know, I think about the children of Israel, how God commanded them how to deal with the land. You know, when we were in Israel in 2007 for, our, you know, the 10-day tour over there, you know, we were riding the bus as we were coming into Jerusalem, and the, the tour guide the bus, on the bus, he pointed out the fields, and he said this, and we happened to be there during this year, which is called the sabbatical year. In the sabbatical year, they do not harvest their crops. So they plant for six years, and in the seventh year, by Jewish law, amen, they, if it's a Jew and they own the land in Israel, they cannot harvest that land. So everything that grows during that year of sabbatical year is left in the fields. They're allowed to go and pick it and, you know, enough to eat, but they can't harvest it to sell. The field is open and all the fruit that grows there is considered ownerless. That means anybody can go and harvest in that field in the sabbatical year and take the fruit thereof and uh, in their vineyards and their wines, all these things. They cannot harvest anything of the land in that seventh year. And they still do that to today. And why? Because the Lord commanded them. Let's look at his, his, this scripture here. Because it's important in Genesis. Now, I'm going to go to Exodus first. Exodus 23, verses 10 and 11. He said, and six years thou shalt sow thy land and shalt gather in the fruits thereof. But the seventh year thou shalt let it rest and lie still, that the poor of thy people may eat, and what they leave the beast of the field shall eat. In like manner thou shalt deal with thy vineyard and with thy olive yard. In other words, don't touch it. Don't harvest. They even got laws over there because some tried to sneak and do it so they, they, they got laws that back that up. So you cannot go and harvest that field. But why did the Lord do that? He said it right there. The seventh year thou shalt let it rest. Let the fields rest. All the fruit and all those things that they would have went out there and cleared the field and pruned the field and did all these things, just let it rest. So all that that falls to the ground will rot. The, the, the ground has an opportunity to replenish itself, to refresh itself, to, to be fed instead of because every time farmers go out and they're planting and they're planting and they're planting, they're pulling and pulling and pulling nutrients out of the ground. And you do that to a field long enough without putting something back in. That's why they have to use fertilizers and all these things to put something back in the ground so the ground can produce. And this is dealing with us. But see, I, I'm just showing you God's ecosystem. He said, let it rest so the ground can recover. Amen. So that it can be able to continue to produce fruit. You know, someone say, well, say, well what happens, you know, what are we supposed to eat in that seventh year? We got to go a whole year. We can't harvest our crops. We, God even had that in mind. Look what he says in Leviticus 25, 20 and 22. He said, and if thou shalt say, what shall we eat the seventh year? 
He's thinking ahead of you, right? Behold, we shall not sow, neither gather in our increase. Then I will command, and see if you obey me, in other words, if you say we won't do it. He said, then I will command my blessing upon you in the sixth year, and it shall bring forth fruit for three years. Ain't God good? See, if you just do what I told you to do, I'm, I'm going to give you a triple blessing. He said, it'll bring fruit for three years, and you shall sow in the eighth year and eat yet of old fruit still, I mean, until the ninth year, until her fruits come Ye shall eat the old store. Say, I'm going to give you enough to get you through that year and the eighth year while you're waiting for the crops of the eighth year to come. So you're not going to miss nothing if you obey me. If you just do what I said, do. I'm going to bless your crops to, to be more than enough to get you through the next two years if you just say yes. Ain't God good? So he, he's got us in mind, amen, and all these things that as we just believe him and trust him, you know, just, just tell God, tell somebody next to you, God's good. God's got you. If you just listen, if you just follow his lead, amen, he's got us, amen. So let's, let's get back to the parable, amen, in, in Matthew. We stopped at the ninth verse, so I'm going to pick up at verse number 10. He said, and the disciples came and said unto him, why speaketh thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. For whosoever hath he, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever shall have not from him shall be taken away even that he hath. In other words, the Lord is saying, No, I'm letting you know because... You know, at that time, this is, this is before Christ came and was crucified. He's still teaching them. Amen. He's still dealing specifically with the Jews. But in the crowds that followed him were more than Jews. And he hadn't opened up the gospel to the Gentiles yet. So he's talking to his 12 disciples who were Jews. He said, to you is given. But notice that even when we look there, you know, that he didn't dismiss the crowd. That he, he began to explain to them, amen, the parable, but he, he didn't send the crowd away, amen, but he wanted to help the, the disciples to understand why. So we pick up again at, at the 18th verse, and look what he says. Hear ye, therefore, the parable of the sower. He begins to break it down to them, but the whole crowd is still there. Because even after he explains it, you know, he goes on to tell them three more parables before he tells them to dismiss the crowd. But in their hearing, he says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one. Okay? In other words, you're hearing the word, you're not understanding it, you're not digging in to get understanding. He said the wicked one is coming. And catches away that which is sown where? In the heart. So he's telling us here that although he's talking about soil when he's talking to the people, but he's really talking about the heart of man, what's sown in our heart. Your heart is the soil, amen. And see, that's what he wants us to understand. He said, so it's sown in the heart. 
This is he which receiveth the seed by the wayside. And now he's talking about the wayside. See, they cast the seed and it fell on the wayside or the road. See, through their, their fields and so forth, they had little roads or roads. That, and, and, you know, all of us know that the area that you walk on gets really compacted. Right. Roads are hard. And so when you drop seed and it goes on that hard ground, amen, it's not going to get in. You know, and, and this is what happens is he told them that when that happens, the birds came and did what? Ate it up. Ate it up. Amen. Took it away. Amen. So that heart, amen, we got to look at it as Pastor Linda kind of touched on. What kind of heart do we have? Is it soil or is it dirt? Amen. What, what kind of heart, amen, are we dealing with? Because God wants to be able to take us from that place of that, that dry and that stony heart, which we're going to see, amen, so that we can have a heart of flesh. But as I referred to earlier, amen, that he began, and look at Genesis 2 and 7. Say, and the Lord God formed man of the what? Oh, he don't have it up yet. Of the dust of the ground. What is dust? Say that again. Dry dirt. Dirt that just loose and dry. And it's blown with the wind. It, it travels. It has. It's just. It's useless. Amen. He said not. But notice, although he made man of the dust of the ground, he said, and breathed into his nostrils, and he became a living, what? Living soul, living individual. So God nourished that dust that he gathered together and he breathed his spirit in it and prepared it to be a living soul. Amen. So he took something that was really nothing and made something out of it. Amen. And, and brought life to it, which is, hey, you and I here today. Amen. In order to receive his word, to receive salvation, to understand those things that he has for us. Amen. So that we have the capacity Amen. To bring forth fruit. Amen. And notice that everybody don't have the same capacity. Because again, when you look at us, you and I, and everyone around us, we're all not the same. We're all, all our soil is not the same. Because what? And why do I say that? It depends on what's been poured into your soil over the years. It, it depends on, you know, what has been deposited. Amen. See, because you might find someone that come to church and they've never heard the gospel. They've never heard about Christ. Amen. They never heard. So there's, there hasn't been any preparation in that soil to receive any deeper revelations. Amen. In order to produce fruit. But then you find someone that's raised in church all their life. Amen. And they know the Bible back and forth and they've experienced God and they love God and they've been living for God. Amen. And that soil is ready to produce great, greater things for the kingdom of God. So it depends on where each one of us are. Amen. In the, the producing or the the breathing of life into that soil by the word, amen, it's sown into us, amen. And another thing I, I look at this is that a lot of what was put in, let me say me, before I came to Christ, didn't bring forth life. It really produced death. It wasn't producing anything good, anything loving, Amen. It wasn't producing. It was it was only those things that were, were a lot of stuff that was put in me through my upbringing and the things that I went through and experienced and witnessed and all those things. Amen. Brought forth more detriment 
than life to my soul. Had me on a path, amen, and I, I'm talking about me, I don't know about you, but had me on a path of destruction. And if I, the Lord would have stayed, stepped back and just allowed me to continue down that path, I probably wouldn't be here today. My path would have been completely different than it is once the gospel came in and brought life into my soil, life into my soul, life into my heart. Amen. So I could begin to produce some things. And I don't know where you are. I don't know where anyone else is but myself. Amen. And I know that's only by his goodness and his grace, amen, that he, he looked down and he said, I see that dirt over there that I made, but I can, I can use that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he said I can use it, and he, and he chased me down, amen, and he used a young man to chase me down again. And I'm telling you, I'm good, although no, not knowing I'm already dead on the inside. Amen. There was real no life giving in me, amen, not spiritually anyway. Already, but see, the love of God. He continued to come, and he continued to come, and he continued to come. So he cracked this nut, okay, and got me to make a step toward him. Amen. Amen. And because of that, the rest is history. Because I got a taste. You know how the scriptures say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I got a taste of something I'd never had a taste of before. When the Holy Spirit came down, it was over. You know why? Because it makes a difference. It brings life to a dead place. Amen. So as I, I, I look at that, I say, well, thank the Lord that he, he thought enough of, uh, as the scriptures say, a, a wretch like me, in the song say, and to, to come and say, I can use that. Can he use you? Can he use you? You know, we, we got to be ready to surrender some things. Amen. Starting with ourselves in order to allow God to be able to use us you know, so I, I look at that, amen, what is your capacity? What is my capacity? Amen, because, you know, it, it's, uh, it's amazing sometimes that we, we have this ability to do things, amen, but a lot of times we don't really put it to use. We have the capacity to improve, but will we allow that improvement to take place in our lives? Are uh, we stuck in the place that we find ourselves at currently, ready to make another step to move forward? Amen. To be able to bear good fruit. Because mm, I, you know, I can think about times in my life I wasn't bearing good fruit. Amen. Unbeknownst to me. But thank God. You know, I look at, you know, how, how the word reminds us how much God loves us. And he's continuing to work on us each and every day. But let's look at Proverbs. Amen. Because, you know, he talked about this soil and about this growth Amen. And taking care of the field. But in Proverbs 24 and 30, it says this. Now, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And lo, it was all grown over with thorns. The thistles had covered the face thereof and the stone wall thereof was broken down. In other words, started off good. But slow, what does it mean to be slowful? That's lazy. That's not doing the work. You know, and, and, and the very things he talked about, amen, we, we see, amen, that it, there's no understanding. And we already saw what happens when there's no understanding. That that you have will be taken away. Amen. And then he, he talks about the, the thorns and the thistles and it being grown over. You know, sometimes we, we might have started off in Sunday school. We might have started off learning some Bible stories, but after a while, we just kind of drifted away from that. And that that you had, 
amen, the thorns came and, and how do you say it? Did what? Choked it out. Choked it out. Choked it out. Let's, let's continue here at the 20th verse in Matthew 13. It said, but he that receiveth the seed into stony places, the same as he that heard the word, that heareth the word, and Aeon, look what he said, with joy, that means quickly, speedily, with joy, he received it, yet hath he not root in himself, but he, he dureth for a while, in other words, he hold on for a little while, but when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, not just because of anything, but you feel like you've been persecuted, you're going through because you're trying to practice the word, you're trying to live the word, you're trying to do the word, amen, and when, uh, when, when you get that, that pushback from your, your peer group, you get that pushback from your friends, you know, you don't feel like you're fitting in no more, they're talking about you, you called the holy roller, all these things, amen, when the persecution comes because of the word, by and by, he is offended. And when he's offended, he walks away. This is what I call the, the surface Christian. He don't got no depth. Amen. He got all the Christianese. Amen. But no real conviction or commitment to the Lord. Amen. And when things get rough, he or she is easily offended. Easy. See, if you're easily offended, you need to check yourself. He said, when things get tough, Amen. They're ready to dip out, walk away, quit, instead of holding on and allowing the Lord to those 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 struggles or those persecutions or those trials to build character, to build strength. Amen. We try to avoid because we don't want to go through nothing, don't we? We we, we don't want to go through no difficulty. Anybody? Any takers? I see a lot of people shaking their head, no. Mm -mm -mm. But the Bible tells us, this is par for the course. It says, if you live godly, everything's going to be good. No, that's not what it says, right? He said, if you live godly, you shall suffer persecution. He said, you will be hated for my name's sake. I mean, he don't, he don't the Bible don't, you know, it, 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 it don't paint no easy picture. That's why I say living for God and being a Christian is not for the light of heart. Amen. It's for someone that's really, really ready to stand for what they believe. Amen. And so we, we see this one, this one that, that gave up. Yes, this one. Amen. He, he, just, he just caught up with the allure of the world and the shiny object syndrome, you know, the fame and the fortune and all those things, name up in lights. Amen. And you just want to live according to your own will, you know, that self-willed life. Don't want nobody telling you what you can or cannot do because you are, you are a man, you are a woman, and you, you got your right to come and go and do what you please. And ain't nobody going to tell you what you three times seven plus. You grown, you an adult. Don't tell me what to do. But the Bible's full of telling us what to do. Right? And he created you. How many of us knew we was in the world when we was born? You didn't know nothing about yourself. Right? Only thing you know is what you was told. Until you begin to grow up and become into yourself by the grace of God. 
and you begin to find out that, yeah, I can flex my own muscles. You know, and, and we learn, but sometimes our learning takes us on a path that we don't need to be on, but we need to stop and pause and say, wait a minute, how did I get here in the first place? Who created me? Whose am I? You know, because, you, you know, it just perplexed me, even as a young boy, there had to be more to life than this. You know, and I thank God I found the truth in the word of God. You know, but we think, amen, that when we, when we get to those places in life, amen, we think that, that we've found freedom and power and all these things, amen, but the true freedom and true power is in Christ, amen, because when we go the other way, amen, we get caught in the illusions of the world, amen, and the falsehoods that's all out there around us, not realizing that we're, we're in bondage to sin and, and we're in bondage to the prince of this world, which is Satan. Amen. Say, don't talk about that in church. Well, where in the world are we supposed to talk about it at? Right? But then we look at verse number 23. He said, but he that receiveth seed into the good ground, he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirty. Other words, you got different levels of people who receive the word in good ground, amen, because they, they got some understanding, they got a desire, amen, to live it and to please God. But even there, everybody's not producing all the same. Right. And that's okay because you're not the other person. You're not trying to be somebody else. You just do what God got for you to do. Yeah. Amen. If, if yours is the hundredfold, Amen. If yours is a 60, keep on doing what God got you doing. If it's 30, amen, that's where he got you at. Amen. Because why? You're still good ground. Still operating according to the kingdom. Amen. And, and another thing I noticed here that he doesn't say the good ground was, was void of stones and void of thorns, but those that were willing to, perse to persevere through those things. And still hold on to the truth and still walk in the ways that God. I mean, it, 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 this, this thing is, we living in the world, amen, that's fallen. And it's not going to be easy all the time. You know, we, we, we set ourselves up when we, we are caught off guard when things come against us. Hello, the world doesn't love you. The prince of this world hates you. Amen. And we're going to go through some stuff, amen, but hold on, child of God. Because God said he will never leave you or forsake you. Amen. He said he's going to be right there with us to the end, all the way to the end. We just got to keep trusting and believing him. Amen. Because it's not going to be easy. But it's going to be worth it. Amen. It's going to be worth it. If someone was to offer you a million dollars, if you just do one difficult task that wouldn't kill you, but it would get, you could get through it, but it wasn't going to be easy. How many of us say, no, that's too hard for me? I think the first thing out of many of our mouths is, what I got to do? <laughs> right? And he, he, and, but God is offering us. What's he offering us? Does anybody here know? Eternal life. And see, sometimes that's, that's so huge. That's so massive. It's, it's, it's hard to wrap our minds around terms like eternal because everything that we're used to is limited, right? It's hard to wrap our minds around immortality. Oh, well, we've seen it in the movies. 
you know, right? Dracula was immortal as long as no one poked him with a wooden stake or shot him with a silver bullet, right? But immortal, amen, means living forever. That's just too large, too long to even think about it. What am I going to do forever? <laughs> Don't you want to find out? I mean, I, I think about that. It's like, man, I, I don't want to miss out on something that might be. I'm saying might, but I know it's going to be out of this world. For real. You know, but when you be compare that to what this life offers us, it's, this is not a bargain. Amen. It's not something that we want to hold on to, but I, I think about, you know, the goodness of God that he would take time out. Amen. To to pause and, and to create you and I, amen, and offer us something that there's no way we could get to or earn on our own. Amen. And not only is he offering it to us, but he gives us the Holy Spirit, amen, to help us, amen, to be able to have the capacity, the ability to attain it. And not on our own. Still, we got help. Tell somebody, thank God for the help. Because we, we can get there. You can get there. I can get there if we just hold on and trust God and believe God and all these things. Amen. Just, just thinking about it. Amen. The saddest thing is, is for somebody to know the truth and not grab hold of it. To let it fall by the wayside. Amen. And to, to sit and let it die away and not even make the effort to gain those things that are made available to us. God's got so much for us. You know, I think about you know, even how Moses, let's look at it in Hebrews 11. Moses was a good example. Because Moses went through a lot of things. Amen. Being sold, I mean, being given away and raised in Pharaoh's palace. He had everything. He had more than, I would say, in his day, he had more than any of us could even aspire to. He lived in the Pharaoh's house. He was in line to be the next Pharaoh. You know, and that means he owned everything and he was in charge of everything and he, he lacked for nothing. You know, so while we're striving to get, he was born, I mean, he, he was taken into it when, when Pharaoh's daughter adopted him. He got it all for free. The best education, the best living, servants, all those things. He had it all. But look what happens when he came to the realization Amen. It's either this or who I'm really called to be. It says, by faith, Moses, when he came to years, in other words, when he grew up and had an understanding, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions, suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. And Egypt represents the world. He said, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. In other words, he said, I know it's going to be difficult, but it's going to be worth it. And I respect what I got to go through to get it because why? It's not going to be free. He says, by faith, Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured and seeing himself who is invisible. 
So he held on, even though I, I can't see it, God, I can't see it all right now, but I'm trusting and I'm believing and I'm giving up all this stuff in order to be who he called me to be. And once he made that decision, the rest becomes history, man. And we find Moses the one leading the children of Israel out of Egypt because he made a choice. He could have stayed there and been Pharaoh. He could have stayed there and had lived the easy life, serving, but no, he came to realization. Amen. And I think about how many in so many churches, people are dying all around us. We have the truth. We have the word. Amen. We come and we receive the word. We study. We go to Bible study. We do all these things and we get the, the word on the inside. Amen. And we know, amen, many of us, amen, we have enough in us to bring, to snatch somebody from the fire. But my question is, what are we doing with it? What are we doing with what God has poured into us and, and, and empowered us with? Amen. Yeah, are we, are we that, that mind that I got mine? Let them go get theirs? Or are we going out there and being the light and being the salt? Or maybe we're too busy, you know, making and watching TikTok videos. I know it's in the house. Scrolling for hours. And I heard someone talking the other day on, on the, the news and they were talking about these TikTok videos, all these different videos and things that we, we find ourselves watching. They said, how come they're so addictive? They were designed to be addictive. You get 30 seconds that makes you feel good, makes you laugh, makes you happy, and it kicks off the endorphins in your brain, amen, just like a drug, and you want more. So you flip to the next one, and you flip to the next one, and before you know it, an hour or two has gone by wasted time unproductive time amen see but that's one of the traps that the enemy uses to get us distracted amen from the things that we could be doing amen see if we're going to be on tiktok if we're going to be making tiktok videos how about putting jesus in there amen good news you use that platform for the kingdom of god so when someone's flipping through all them tiktok videos and yours pops up and tell them you need to know jesus You might, you might snap them out of that, that, that zone that they found themselves in. Why? Because somebody needs to just pop up and tell them the truth. Get saved. Do you know the Lord loves you? If I have more time, I'll tell you more about what he's done in my life. But I only got 30 seconds to get your attention. It is 30. Ain't it about 30 seconds? I'm not sure. Three, oh, three minutes? Oh, I could tell them a whole lot in three minutes. I'm thinking... I'm thinking, oh, what? man, no wonder y'all get stuck. <laughs> Three minutes and you're, woo, you're happy you're watching this whole little story. And I've got to have more. Yeah. Imagine how much you could tell them about God in three minutes. Right. Three minutes? Where I've been. I'm not watching a lot of TikTok. Three minutes. Yeah. But think about it. Sometimes, when's the last time y'all y'all looked at y'all screen time? Huh? Because you can look at your screen time. I know on the iPhone, and you're probably on the Google, the other ones too, the Android. That's that's the other one. But 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 you can probably just go to your settings and, and look on there, and look at screen time, and see how much screen time, how much time you just giving away. Some people eight, nine hours a day. That's a job. 
that's a job. That's your job. You imagine what you could have got done in them five or six hours, even two or three hours. What you could have got done while you was. Let me get off of that. Go ahead, look at your screen time. No, don't do it now. <laughs> you might shock yourself. When you look at it, I, I just say, when you look at it, just repent. <laughs> Wasting God's time that he's given us. We got so much ahead of us, so much that we can do. Because we are, say we are, we are. the good soil. Good soil. I hope. <laughs> no, but I, 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 I want to be good soil. Amen. I want to be soil, amen, although good soil is going to be worked. Because why? The good soil is what's producing. You don't see nobody out there trying to plant a tree in the sand. Right? You know, you don't see it. You know, they're not trying to plant nothing in no, no dead riverbed that's all clay. But they're looking for good soil, and when they find the good soil, you got tractors out there, they're disking it up, turning it over, chopping it, lining it up. It's going to be worked. And when you choose to be good soil, you're going to be worked. But that work is causing you to produce. And that's why God tells them to let the land rest sometime. Let the soil rest sometime. That's why he gave us the Sabbath, so we could rest sometime. Amen. And be replenished and spend time with him and spend time in his word. Amen. So that as we go back, we're ready to do some more work. Because we got to be ready to do the work of the kingdom. Amen. Because that's why he left us here. You know, we got all this in our bosom, but what are we doing with it? Who are we sharing it with? What are we doing what God has given us to do? Yeah, think about it. We must work the work of the Lord while it is yet day. While there's time, amen. We are good soil. I, I pray that everyone in here is good soil. Amen. And that we're producing for the kingdom of God. Amen. Because there's going to come a time when this soil has got to go back to where it came from. He blew into that dust and it became a living soul. But there comes a time when we all going to lay it down. Right? Right, what way? And, and I, I, I'm going to close with this last passage, amen, in Genesis 3.19. And it says this. As the Lord was talking to Adam and Eve after he had came back and found that they had partaken of the fruit. It said, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. For out of it thou wast thou taken. From dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. You know, you think about that, but in Ecclesiastes he said the, the, that we return to the dust, but the soul, or the spirit rather, returns to God. So this, this flesh, that think about it. It started off as dirt, as dust. And when your spirit leaves it, whether it's burnt up or laid out in a, 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 a coffin, it's going to decay. It's going to return to the, a dust state. But it's the spirit that God is concerned about. It's the soul that God is concerned about. 
And why am I saying that? Because I want us to realize that this thing that we cherish, go ahead, just, just touch yourself, rub your hands. That, listen to what I'm about to say. That is not you. Okay? I say it all the time. It's just the earth suit. For your spirit to operate in this realm. And when your time is up and when this body fails or, or your time runs out, you're going to leave this body and it's going to return back to the dust from which it came. There's no way out of it. We all have an appointment with death. And you don't get to cancel it or reschedule Hello? We are, and when that day comes, that's when we return to God. The spirit man returns. Amen. And that's when we need to be prepared to stand before him when the time comes. And why am I saying all this? Because we spend the majority of our lives, if we're not careful, serving this flesh, which ain't going nowhere. Scripture says very clearly, no flesh and blood is going to enter into heaven. But we spend the majority of our lives almost worshiping it if we don't get an understanding that that's not you. We, we primp it up and we, you know, we, we, we do all these things and dress it up and, and, and that's okay. As long as you know that that's not you. That's like, you know, spending your whole time washing your neighbor's car. You know, doing something that's not benefiting you one bit. But here, I'm saying, understand the bigger picture. He wants us to be good soil. And why? Not just so we can say we're good, but because we can produce fruit for the kingdom of God. And if you would notice that when a tree or a vine or a grove produces fruit, the fruit is not for the tree. It's not for the vine. You walk up on an apple tree, that tree ain't sitting there munching on apples. It only gets the nutrients from the apples that may fall to the ground. But those apples do what? They attract you and me because we like Honeycrisp or Gala or, you know, whatever what kind of apple you like. And you see that, you, you're going after the apples. So it draws you in, amen. And see, we should be producing fruit that draws people into the kingdom by being that light and being that salt that he wants us to be. And as we do that, then we're doing what God has called for us to do. He didn't just save us to be saved. He didn't just call us into the kingdom just to kick back and, you know, take our ease. But it's work to be done. And as we do the work, as we believe and we, we put our hand to the plow, God will give us the strength to do all that he has for us to do. Amen. But they're out there. They're all around us. In our families, on our jobs, in the marketplace. They're all around us that need to know Jesus. And it's amazing that maybe we, we, we may think that, well, everybody has heard there are people today that have never heard the name of Jesus. It may be shocking. It may seem you know, way too far out. But no, there are people that don't even know who he is or what that means. People who have never set foot in the church. 
never been told about the gospel. And maybe the Lord is going to lead you or me to more of those people so that they can get to know the purpose of life and why they're here and what God wants to do for them. Amen? Amen. So let's stand as we think about which one am I? Am I soil? Do I bring life? Or am I dirt? Produce nothing. Doing nothing. But being blown around. Still dusty. Still dusty. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Let's bow our heads before we go to the floor. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, for your grace over our lives, God. For allowing us to even make it here on today. Lord, I pray that the word that you have had spoken today will make a difference in the lives of the hearers, whether they're here or those that are online. God, that they would hear the word, that we would apply this word in our everyday living. Lord, to consider our ecosystem. Are we producing? Are we good soil? Or, Lord, are we like the stony? Or the, one, the word that fell by the wayside or the, the seed that got choked out because of the cares and the desires of the world around them, God. The thorns that came to drive it away. Are we the one that, that turned away because of the, the pressures, the, the tribulations and the trials, God? And we were easily offended, easily offended. And we walked away because we took offense instead of rejecting it, God. We, 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 I, I take offense to that is how we say it, Lord. If we would just stop taking it. And as Pastor Linda spoke to us, Lord, let that ball fall to the ground. Don't receive it. Don't jump or run to get it. But help us, Lord, to understand our purpose. Our purpose is for your glory. You created us, God, that you would be in relationship with us. And God, that you would trust us to spread your good news to tell others about you just as quickly or even more so than we tell them about a sale at Walmart. Help us, Lord, to understand the bigger picture. Father, I pray for those that are here today, Lord, that maybe have not received you as Lord and Savior or maybe need to commit their lives back to you, God. We open up this altar right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, that they would come, Lord, and say, here am I. Here am I. I need you, Lord. Here am I. I need to grab hold of you with all that is within me. Thank you, Lord God. If that's you, I, I ask you to come right now. If you're in that place or maybe you realize, God, that, that, that you've just been soil that's not doing very much. That's not producing very much. And you need God to pour more into you. I want you to come. That your soil can be productive. And it can bring forth fruit. And fruit that, as the word says, fruit that remain. Fruit that make a difference in the lives of others around us. So, Father, we thank you right now. And, Lord, I pray for this young lady, God. Lord, we pray for Kay, God, as she's committed herself to you. Lord, for your will, Lord, that she would be that soil, Lord, that's producing a hundredfold. According to your purpose and your plan for her life, God. 
Lord, even as she prepares to, to leave this place soon, God, that, Lord, she leaves equipped and ready where you plant her, Lord, that she would be able to make a major difference. Lord, continue to call upon your name and lift you up, God, and to be a light and salt in every circumstance. We thank you right now for her heart for you, God. We thank you, Lord, that the enemy, he can't have her. He can't have her. She belongs to you, God. So we cancel every lie, every device and scheme planted against her. Lord, and we declare victory victory in her life, victory in her walk, victory in every situation, God, as she allows you to use her for the work of your kingdom. We thank you, God. Father, we pray for these that have come that you would strengthen the soil. Hallelujah, that you would add nourishment to the soil. Lord, that the soil would produce even more. Lord, as it balances those things out, God, and allows you to move in them according to your will, Lord, that it will be made manifest to all that see them, that they're not the same anymore. Not the same anymore. Hallelujah. But they've grabbed hold of something new, something, something more tangible than what this world has to offer. Allowing it, God, to bring forth fruit in their lives, God. That they would have peace and they would have your joy, the joy of their salvation operating in such a way, Lord, that others would begin to wonder, what is it about them? What is it about them? What is it about them that makes such a difference? And as they speak, haha, it would be words tempered with your spirit. Words, God, that through love, but yet can cut to the quick. Get to the, the, the meat of the matter and snatch souls from the fire, God. Young people giving their lives over to you. Young people living out loud and large for the kingdom of God. Young people not swayed by the cares and the affairs, Lord, that, that this world is yelling and throwing at them constantly, God. We pray for them right now, Lord. And not only these, God, but all those that are under the assault of the world. As it's coming after their souls, Lord, it's coming after their well-being, it's coming after their, their eternal future with you. Offering them a platitude, something that is short-lived, God, something that is not real. It's only good for a season. But you want to give them life and that eternal. So we pray for those things, God, that you would peel back the scales and let them see the truth. That they would be blinded by the lies that are all around us. Help us all to see the truth and to walk in that truth. Not being afraid, hallelujah, but walking in the power and the authority of knowing that, God, you've got our back. And we will do, and we will go, and we will speak those things that you would have us to speak without fear. Because, God, you got us. So we thank you right now. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's continue to pray because I know that 
the young people today have to deal with so much more than we did it when I was their age. But the warfare is real. It is so real. And we need to understand that. If there's anybody here that doesn't have a church home and you'd like to be a part of living faith, I invite you to come. Just to say, oh, we need to get connected and get on board so we can grow together and we can continue to strive and do the work of God. Amen. The Bible lets us know they are the planted. 